Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. What the hell is this? Agent Denham, that is a 1963 Ferrari 250 GT Lusso, owned and raced by the coolest cat who ever lived, Steve McQueen. This was his baby, and now it's my baby. You got Steve McQueen's car parked in your living room? And here I thought you were an ass. I paid a million for it ten years ago. I wouldn't sell it for ten times that. We're 65 stories up. How do we get out of here? You don't. This car was taken apart piece by piece and reassembled inside this room. Well, this car will eventually be sold at auction with the rest of your belongings. Only if I'm guilty, Agent Denham, which I'm not. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Hi there, this is Ohio George Montgomery, the Gaster King. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. And don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can go to Nostalgic Radio and Cars podcast page. Now, I'm going to turn it over to Bobby here in a second. He's going to give you the social media. Good evening, Bobby. Now, wait a minute. Let me preface by saying here real quick. If this radio sounds, if the show sounds a little different, it's because a couple of days ago, WTAN was whacked majorly by some lightning. So, uh, you know, this is the lightning capital of the world, they call it here, you know, the Tampa Bay area. So we are actually in the second production room operating off two laptop computers. So it's kind of fun because I'm actually in the back here, which would ordinarily be my production room where I do a lot of my uh, pre-show uh, preparation and uh, audio editing and things of that nature. So I'm actually in a room that I'm very familiar with. However, it's a new experience for me. So now, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and uh, share our social media goodies with everybody. Yeah, Facebook, Periscope, um, YouTube, and LinkedIn. We have uh, at NRC on Air and at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. About that. Now, uh, I see that the phone's ringing. Now, what's funny is I'm at, I am three rooms over from where I normally would be. Actually, two rooms over. Bobby's three rooms over. So we're going to have a little fun tonight. We've got two interesting guests coming on our show. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming, the upcoming major event in Monterey, California. Monterey, California, the third week of August, every year religiously for the last 50-some-odd years has been the Monterey Car Week. Actually, it hasn't always been Monterey Car Week. It started out with some racing through the woods uh, on the Monterey Peninsula and then eventually moved over, the racing moved over to Monterey, uh, the, what is now called Laguna Seca. They changed the name for a while, but then it's still, it's back to Laguna Seca. It was something else at one point in time. And uh, But those of us from California still refer to it as Laguna Seca, but I think it's called the Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, same with uh, Northern California Sonoma Raceway or Sears Point, um, I think was called Infineon for a while. And then, of course, you know how it is with sponsors. You know, they, they've got their name in there and they're involved with it, you know, because it's all about money for a while. And then uh, if they don't get the best results, they back out and they got to find another sponsor. So the name changes. However, the new company that bought Sonoma Raceway has now 
decided to call it Sonoma Raceway again, like it used to be, or because it's in Sonoma, California, or Sears Point to uh, us old schoolers. In fact, you can go there because I think they have the Wine Country, what's it called? Wine Country something or other, um, it's our motorsports uh, store, and you can buy, they're reissuing the uh, Sears Point, the old Sears Point uh, T-shirt, which is kind of cool. And, of course, they have uh, Sonoma T-shirts as well and all kinds of other goodies. But anyway, but we're going to talk about Monterey because Monterey is a big thing. Now, you hear every year you hear me talking about Monterey. It's kind of like one of those things that you need to put on your bucket list. If you've never been to Monterey, you got to go to Monterey. It starts out at the beginning of the week. On a Tuesday, it starts out with the uh, Concourse on the A, which is done by Doug Friedman and his staff. And there's something like, I don't know, 250, 300 cars that show up at that particular event. And the streets are just lined with amazing classics, antiques, race cars, heavy American uh, pre-war classics, uh, just an incredible selection of cars. And the interesting thing about that particular event that Doug puts on, and we want to thank him immensely for it, it's basically the same level of cars that you would see at a concourse, and it's free. It's open to everybody. The people can just walk up and down the streets, mingle. You meet the most interesting and fascinating people Car enthusiasts from all over the world, racers, builders, designers, celebrities, collectors, aficionados, and then the average Joe like me, you know, that just walks up and down the street and likes to see some pretty cool cars. And whether it's a Porsche, a Shelby Mustang, uh, a 57 Thunderbird, a exotic Ferrari, a 917 Porsche, a locomobile, or it's just anything just absolutely incredible and amazing, you will find it there in Monterey. It's one week long. It actually starts on uh, Friday, the week before. And uh, Laguna Seca, the people from the racetrack put on a little car show in downtown Monterey. That's pretty cool. Where they have about 30, 30 or so uh, race cars that show up with a uh, police escort from the racetrack. And some of the other highlighted events are McCall's Motorwork Revival. Uh, it would be like Festivals of Speed only on steroids because the caliber of cars that show up in Monterey are just, again, I cannot describe them. There's stuff that... Uh, that Basically, you've heard this expression before, the dreams are made of just incredible cars. But uh, McCall has his uh, jet port party all day on Wednesday. We're probably going to have, with a little luck, we're going to have Gordon McCall on. He is the founder of the McCall Motorworks Revival, and uh, that's pretty exciting in itself because it encompasses not only, it's done at the jet port or at the airport over there in Monterey, uh, the city of Monterey, and it's uh, automobiles, it's airplanes, vintage airplanes, contemporary airplanes, vintage motorcycles, contemporary motorcycles, vintage cars and contemporary cars, it's lifestyles, it's foods. Food is supplied by a lot of the uh, top-of-the-line restaurants in the area, an amazing event. Also on Wednesday is the Carmel Mission Classic. The Mission Classic, is, uh, which is done at the, the one of the oldest missions churches in the state of California, and um, funded by the uh, Franciscan monks, I believe. And uh, it's uh, an amazing car show. Again, it's only, it's kind of like a real casual, impromptu type uh, car show or concourse, if you will. And it's probably 50, 60 cars. And it's uh, just a really, really quaint setting, setting right there on the grounds of the church displayed in the courtyard around the big fountain. And, um, and, a, and, and most of these events, I might add, are charity events, okay? And then also, people are starting to show up at Monterey at the Laguna Seca racetrack. They're doing testing and tuning. The big race then at Laguna Seca is Saturday and Sunday. Sunday is also Pebble Beach, the concourse, which we'll have a gentleman on from Pebble Beach talking a little bit about the actual event. He is the chief judge at Pebble Beach. We're looking forward to having him on the show. And uh, let's see what else we got going on. Oh, yeah, at the Emerson Suites Hotel, there's an automobilia party. If you're looking for books, for uh, old automobilia, signs, a uh, little you know, little automotive knickknacks and stuff like that. Very rare and unusual stuff generally shows up there. It's pretty cool. Uh, Wayne Carini shows up there all the time because our friend Alan Galebrath from Bulletproof puts on the Concourse de Lemons event or car show. You've probably seen it on TV on Velocity on Wayne Carini's show, Chasing Classic Cars. He does that. Uh, they have the huge Porsche Works Reunion, which is held at uh, one of the golf courses there. The BMW and Mercedes Club put on Legends of the Autobahn. The, our friends over at Concorso Italiano put on another very just absolutely amazing Italian car, exotic car only car show. Then there's the Quail, which is another outstanding, incredible event that takes place. I mean, if you, and then that doesn't even count all the peripheral car shows. In downtown Monterey, they have the little car show, which is little bubble cars and Azetas and little Fias and 
and things of that nature. Some oddball little cars, really kind of cute stuff. There's a number of cruises on Thursday. There's Tour de Concourse d'Elegance. A lot of the cars from the uh, Pebble Beach Concourse will actually do what uh, what they do is they, they do the 17-mile drive. They show up in downtown Carmel between 12 and 2 o'clock, and what they do is they stop in downtown Carmel so people can have uh, a chance to view all the cars and then all the, the participants. They actually have a uh, special uh, area where they where they have lunch, and, and then they come back out and they mingle. It's just, again, incredible cars. So if you've never been to Monterey, you need to put that on your list because it's one of the most outstanding events uh, in the country. And um, keep in mind, we talk about Amelia Island, which is another amazing event that takes place here in our own backyard, Jacksonville, Florida. Obviously, SEMA, you want to go to that because that's another completely different automotive experience for the aftermarket uh, people in the aftermarket world and some of the most amazing cars, bills you've ever seen. And then, of course, you want to go to Scottsdale, Arizona for the Barrett-Jackson auction and all the other stuff that goes on during that particular Collector Car Week, the Scottsdale Collector Car Week. So uh, this is just an amazing event. Now, Bobby, I think we're going to go to a commercial break here for a second, but let's play a little music. Since uh, today is Mick Jagger's birthday, we're going to play a little Rolling Stones. This is a request by one of our uh, avid listeners. So uh, you're tuning into Nostalgia Radio and Cars. We're going to play a little Rolling Stones. How about back to 1968 and a little Jumpin' Jack Flash? Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. 
This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Okay, we're back. New tune. It's Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our uh, first guest for the evening. This gentleman is a good friend of mine. He's also the PR director for Russo and Steel. Russo and Steel has got an amazing auction. They have three auctions, in fact. They have one at uh, Scottsdale, their home base. They've got one in Newport Beach, and then they also have the big one, or I should say the really, really nice one at Monterey. I'm delighted to welcome them to the show this evening, Darren Robarge. Darren, are you there? Hey, hey, hey. I am here. How are you? Pretty good. So, uh, are you still in Scottsdale, or are you in Monterey yet? Uh, I am not in Monterey for another probably week, week and a half. So we're uh, we're sweating it out in the the, the desert here uh, right now, getting ready for the big sale, and looking forward to some uh, slightly cooler weather up there. Slightly cooler weather. What's the weather like in Arizona right now? Oh, I think we're uh, I think we're batting around 107 right now, which is actually not too terrible for what it's been this summer. We've been uh, we've been in one, one the teens uh, the one teens 120s. Uh, pretty frequently throughout the uh, summer so far. Nice, hot, dry. How about the little monsoons that they get in the summer? Have you had a few of those this year yet? Uh, we had our first one, I want to say, probably about a week ago. Uh, but that doesn't usually get going until right around the time we get back. So we kind of go to Monterey, we come back, and the weather kind of tra- uh, transforms itself. So it's, uh, it's sort of an interesting experience coming and going for, uh, for Car Week. Well, while I got you on the phone real quick, why don't you take a few minutes and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved in uh, working with uh, with Drew over there at Russo and the rest of the team. Well, uh, I grew up a car guy. Uh, grandfather uh, raced for Triumph and MGE and Jaguar and a few other uh, a few other uh, marks when I was a kid and uh, kind of got into cars that way. Uh, my first love is music. I worked in the music industry for about 20 years and uh, decided to get out of that, got married and did... Uh, the more domesticated side of things and uh kind of chance meeting uh, ran into drew and uh we hit it off and the rest is history here i am wow where are you from originally uh, i grew up in the denver colorado area okay okay now you said music do i am i assuming you were either like a musician playing in bands or were you in the uh, production side of it uh, all of the above all of the I, above. I did music for about 20 years so I, I i've done about every job you could possibly imagine in, in music in one capacity or another over the years wow well, you and I are going to have to sit down because I'm a, I'm a very bad musician. I still play a little guitar and a little piano. And, uh, well, now, you know, that brings something up now. Are you into musical instruments as well? Uh, I used to be. Uh, I, I, we, we collect a lot of uh, memorabilia around, uh, around Russo and Steel. Of course, we have Kevin Martin and uh, Peace of the Past that opens all of our options. He's one of the premier uh, music memorabilia dealers in the world. He'll have a pretty fantastic spread in Monterey as well. Uh, so, you know, the, the music memorabilia thing is something that I was passionate about, something that Drew's passionate about, and that uh, we kind of, you know, collectively all engage in around the office. So that's that's kind of a neat thing that we do as well. Of course, vintage guitars are very cool, too. Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about what's going on now at uh, in Monterey, because you've got some pretty interesting cars showing up there and some uh, rare stuff as well. Oh, yeah, sure do. Uh, you know, we're sort of known as the world's most exciting collector automobile auction in this year's two, uh, 2016 Monterey installment. We'll certainly be nothing, uh, no exception there. Uh, we've got uh, European sports, American muscle, competition cars, late model exotics, hot rods, customs. Uh, some interesting vehicles that sort of come to mind that we have on offer this year is we have a Ford GT prototype. Uh, it's PB2-1. It's the first uh, prototype of the, of the last production line in that vehicle, so that's something that's uh, historical and cool, and everybody knows how hot Ford GTs are. They're such neat cars. They're so beautiful, and it's a good long-term investment there. They're uh, one of the better ones. Another really cool exotic that we have is we have quite likely the best Jaguar XJ220 that has ever that is currently uh, available anywhere. 871 kilometers are for uh, the exchange geeks over there. It's about 541 original miles on it. So that's a pretty neat car that's very low mileage and uh, something you're not likely to see come across again. Uh, we've also got uh, some some interesting kind of like race-inspired vehicles. Of course, we've got a 65 Shelby GT350, which is the one everybody wants for sure. You know, you can't uh, can't have a serious collection without having a GT350, and the 65 is certainly the most uh, the most in-demand in one that they uh, that's available. We also have uh, something really cool. It's probably one of my favorite cars in the auction, a 1959 uh, Trajero California. 
course, we know uh, John Chichero was the great grandfather of the Shelby Cobra. He designed uh, some cars for AC that, of course, turned into uh, fire-breathing monsters once they met uh, Mr. Shelby. Uh, so this is uh, one of the last front-engine designed uh, Trigero vehicles, uh, and that's coming across the block. It was recently just uh, completed, and it's it's got that cool race vibe, but it's street legal, and it's it's uh, something you can pretty much do whatever you want with, which is neat, and you know, get you in all the different, uh, different events for that type of vehicle uh, around the world. Uh, a few more we've got. We've got the ni- a 1965 Bentley T-Series. It's an open-wheel race car. The thing that's so neat about that is we know that uh, Bentley took about uh, 70, 71 years off of racing, and this is really uh, the only production uh, factory vehicle that they created for uh, circuit racing during that time period. So it's a very interesting piece of uh, British motorsports history. That's also available. Um, and we've got uh, muscle cars, too. We've got uh, plenty of Mopar. This time we've got a great Corvette ZR1 convertible. I mean, where are you going to find another one of those? Very all NCRS ra- all the way up and down. Very, very rare car. We've yes. got, uh, you know, we've got a 67, uh, 427, 435, which is quite possibly the nicest one in the world. Bottom line is, if you come to Monterey, we've got everything at Russo and Steel. If, you, if it's something that's car-oriented and something that you're, uh, you're going to find uh, – you know, passion in, it's something that we're going to carry and that we're going to be pushing real hard in Monterey, August 18th through 20th. Pretty interesting stuff. Tell us a little bit about the, um, you got a, a 63 Apollo out. I saw that on your on your list of cars. That's actually a rare car because if anybody remembers the very first Herbie movie, uh, Mr. Thorndike drove an Apollo in, 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 in that particular movie. Yeah, you know, we don't see those around too much. That's, uh, what, I think I only made like three of them or something, if that's correct. And the, the, uh, the thing that's interesting, excuse me, we always see uh, there's, a, there's a couple of them that float around town, and uh, it, it's one of those cars for me that really paints a good visual picture in my head when I see it. You know, it, it, you picture that guy kind of sitting there just constructing this vehicle and the love that has gone into it, and, and, and these vehicles for me really sort of signify that. I mean, it's not something that's mass-produced. It's very rare and special and, and something that re- somebody really had to slave over in order to create you know, this, this work of art and this masterpiece that you see in front of us. So, I mean, it, it really is a, a neat, rare, cool car, and another one that you're just not going to find, you know, you're not going to find it very often. You have a 67 Ghia 450. That's a very rare car. They only made a handful of those, too. Tell us about that one. That's a very unusual car. Yeah, that's another one, too. Um, let's see here. That's a pretty recent addition to our lineup here. So, I mean, it's one of those cars you see so infrequently that you kind of don't know a whole tremendous amount about it. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the name jumps out at you as was one of the, you know, prolific designers of, of automotive shapes, you know, throughout, throughout the years. But uh, it's a very unusual looking car, certainly. It's something that you don't ever hardly see. I mean, it's the only one I've ever seen, certainly. So, uh, you know, you think it's a low production number vehicle. I mean, you can probably tell me more about that than I know at this point because it is so, so special and so rare and cool. You've got a uh, 31 Cadillac Fleetwood to go to the other extreme or in the he- heavy American classics. That's another unusual car you got. And then, of course, another car that's interesting with some real interesting history is the uh, 1927 Locomobile. That was- you know, everybody wants to talk about that Locomobile. I mean, it really is something. The thing that's so cool about it is it's almost entirely original. Uh-huh. So, I mean, where, where are you going to find a vehicle with that kind of low production that's got, you know, that's, that's literally, it's, it's, a, it's a time capsule. I mean, when, you, when you're up next to it and, you, and you're looking at it, I mean, it really takes you back you know, to a time when people sort of made things differently and, and they approach problem solving differently. And it's, it's, it, you can see all those things demonstrated in that vehicle. And that's, that's really what's so great about cars is, it, I mean, the nostalgic factor, obviously, but I mean, it, for me, obviously I'm not somebody that was around at that time period, but I can get a kind of a feel just for how people sort of approach things and did things, you know, when I put my hands on it or when I look at it or when I smell it or any of the other things that are so visceral and fun about cars. You know, so that's that's a really incredibly unique car, and that's something that uh, somebody's going to really enjoy picking up in Monterey. And then you're, I mean, you have a real eclectic collection. I mean, you've got the, the 71 911 that you have is also a survivor car, the gold one. Yeah, I mean, where have you ever another, seen another car that color? I mean, it's, it's. I invite you to go to our website, check it out, www.russoandsteel.com. It's an incredibly unique color, incredibly cool car, one owner from new. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the definition of a survivor. I mean, you know, you hang on to it, preservation class all day long in that thing. I mean, that thing will take you wherever you want to go, for sure, which is very cool. But, yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a point. That's, that's one of the things that's sort of special about Russo and Steel in general is that we don't cater to one particular thing. You know, you got the guys that just do the high-end European sports cars, the guys that just do the muscle cars, or just do the pre-war stuff, or any, any, any number of sort of little categories that people sort of wedge themselves into. 
you know, at Russo and Steel, you know, we're enthusiasts and we're passionate about what we do. And uh, that turns around into sort of a love of all cool cars in general. So what you're going to see again with us is European sports, American muscle, hot rod, uh, customs, competition cars, late model exotics. Basically, if it's a cool car, we're into it. We're going to have it at Russo and Steel. And that's one of the things that's really special and different about us. Uh, you being a British car guy, you know, because you grew up with your dad, you've got a couple of E-type jabs in there, too, some early Series 1s. Yeah, we do, and we actually added one today. We added a uh, very early flat floor car that uh, you stay tuned to our website, and we'll be debuting that probably sometime early next week. But, you know, we always have great Jaguars. We always have great, you know, European cars. We always have great, you know, you know Fords and Chevys and that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, we have something for everybody, and, and that's the thing that's so fun. You come down to, to Russo and Steel, and there's just an air of camaraderie there. You know, people around cars that are like-minded and they're 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 enthusiasts just like we are, and, and you know everybody just kind of gets along and has a great time. You know, then we go into the uh, the block and you'll see something else there that you don't see anywhere else, and that's our auction in the round. Uh, it's a 360 degree stadium style seating setup that we have that basically funnels all the energy from the uh, from the crowd right onto the floor of the auction. People are welcome to come up and check out the cars up close and personal. They can kick them, they can lick them, they can do whatever they want. Although we prefer that they don't. Uh, that the option certainly exists for them there. But, uh, you know, if, for us, it's it's really sort of like a combination between, you know, a collector car auction, obviously, but like a rock concert or a sporting event, you know, with like elements of a really cool cocktail party thrown in. So it, it, it's an experience that's completely exclusive to Russo and Steel, and it's something that you won't find anywhere else. How many cars are you going to have total here at the uh, Monterey auction? Well, we are posted up right on the waterfront near Historic Fisherman's Wharf, so the space is a little bit uh, confining sometimes for that. So for, for Monterey, it's really you know a more exclusive collection of cars, and so therefore we're able to offer a smaller number of cars. So we're looking at about 250 cars uh, for, for Car Week this week, but you come out, you're right on the wharf, you got the ocean wind blowing across you. It's just really a perfect sort of setting to do a, a celebration of you know this magnitude, and, and the location couldn't be better. We're very centrally located in downtown Monterey, and it's a nice evening auction as well. So that allows you to go to your shows and your concours and do all the other stuff that's available to you in Monterey, which if anybody has been knows it's, it's a tremendous, a tremendous amount of stuff going on there. So it allows you to kind of do all that stuff during the day. And then you come hang out with us at night and, and party and have fun and buy cars and uh, everything's great. That's right. Now, what time does the auction start? Uh, we open at 10 a.m. Auctions begin at five, and we are running. Uh, we're running cars on on, on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay. And then, Darren, if they want to find out more about Russo and Steel, and and don't, and don't forget your other locations. Obviously, your home base, Scottsdale, Arizona, and Newport. Oh yeah, Scottsdale uh, is our big uh, our big show every year. Seven hundred and fifty cars, five hundred days. It's it's one of those big gigantic spectacle type events that uh, you have to see if you're a car guy before you got before you go. I mean, it's it's one of those bucket list scenarios, unquestionably. And then, of course, in the last couple of years, we've added the Newport Beach auction, uh, which is again right on the beach in uh, off a of back bay down in uh, beautiful Newport at the Newport Dunes Waterfront Resort. We do about 450 cars there. Again, you know, more exclusive collection. It's uh, European sports, a lot of uh, of high end muscle cars, uh, a lot of lot of late model exotics. We've had great success with late model exotics in uh, Newport Beach. Um, so, you know, those are kind of what we're doing right now. But uh, Monterey is certainly that kind of event thing where you know it's 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 a cultural thing when you go just because there's so much going on around it and russo and steel certainly a uh, central component to that part of what makes monterey car week so special is us and that's great and we're very honored to be a part of it sounds good we look forward to all being there darren i want to thank you very much this is darren roberge did i pronounce it right darren you did very very well much better that? than most <laughs> okay with russo and steel don't forget to check out russoandsteel.com did i say that right too Yep. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just come visit our home site at uh, www.russoandsteel.com. Okay. Well, Darren, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Thanks for yeah, coming you will. on. See you up there. Okay. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. Okay. That was my good friend, Dan Roberge from Russo and Steel. Now, this past weekend, we had a very, very cool concert that we went to Friday. Or no, it was a Saturday night, my son and I. So uh, we were invited to go see Uncle Ted. And you know what? His very first band he started when he was a young boy, a youngster, when he was 17 years old, 16 years old, was the Amboy Dukes. And this was their number one hit back in the day. It's called Journey to the Center of the Earth. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. And a big shout-out to Jim Shue with his show. Come over here, Bobby. Tell everybody about Jim Shue's show real quick. Yes, Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. Jim Shue, thanks for the Jan and Dean last Saturday. He plays some really groovy, far-out music. Hey, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Belladora's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to bring on our next guest for the evening. Now, we've been talking about uh, Monterey Car Week, and we've been talking about some of the auctions and some of the other events that are going on. But the big event that everybody's looked forward to each year that's been going on for the last 50 years is the Pebble Beach Concourse. And uh, we have a very special guest with us this evening, and I'm delighted to welcome Chris Buck, the Chief Judge for Pebble Beach. Chris, are you there? I am here. Thank you. So how are you doing this evening? Well, it's a beautiful evening in California. That's right. Now, I was just talking to uh, Dana Roberge. He's in Scottsdale. He's got 107 degrees. You're in Northern California, north of Sacramento, in the beautiful mountains up there. So what kind of weather do you have this evening? You know, we're just in a very comfortable mid-80s today and and, uh, enjoying it. Enjoying it. Okay. Well, Chris, give us a little bit of background on yourself. You're you're the chief judge now at uh, at Pebble Beach, probably the, the most prestigious concourse in the United States, probably anywhere in the world, I would say. And uh, you've been that uh, you've had that uh, been in that capacity for the last three years. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background, and then tell us what it takes to become a judge at Pebble Beach, let alone the chief judge. Well, you know, I'm a car nut, and I think that's part of our DNA if we're bent in that direction. And uh, um, got involved in in admiring cars at a, at a very young age, and and actually. Uh, uh, Went to the Pebble Beach Concours in, in 1963 for the first time, and I've gone every year since. But that was a wonderful event, and I had the uh, the fortune to, to meet 
two people who really became mentors to me uh, um, in the process of learning about the cars and learning about the judging, and that was Phil Hill and uh, Jack Nethercutt. And oh, wow. Phil, of course, was a, a race driver and car collector, and, and uh, Jack Nethercutt had a, a fantastic collection of cars, uh, which is still in his family and has uh, a couple of beautiful museums in uh, Southern California. And uh, they really educated me on on these cars. And and Jack Nethercutt was a uh, was a born teacher. Um, I remember walking around car shows with him, and uh, he would ask questions and point things out and challenge you to learn. And and uh, that's really where I I began to get my my intimate knowledge of of the cars that I really enjoy, which were the the big American classics from the 1920s and 30s and, and even the earlier cars. You and mentioned- so I started judging first with classic car club events uh, with Jack Nethercutt as the head judge and, and probably in the mid-60s. I started judging at Pebble Beach in the early 70s and the rest is history. The rest is history, as I say. Well, now, let's go back to the early 60s now. What was Pebble Beach like in the early 60s? How many cars did they have in the show field? Has it always been in the same location? So give us a little uh, background. Well, it's it's interesting. The first year I went, uh, it was a springtime show originally in April, and uh, it was held on the lawn in front of the lodge at Pebble Beach as it is now, but... Uh, the weather wasn't as predictable in April as it is in August, and for the first two years that I went to the show, there had been such rains that they had to move the show up to the polo fields in Pebble Beach, uh, and uh, those rainy years were part of what led the the movement of the event to a, to an August date. But it was a much smaller event then. It, it began as an adjunct to the old Pebble Beach road races in the 50s, um, and uh, probably when I first went, there were 70, 80, 90 cars, um, and often the same cars year after year. Um, and uh, the event, of course, has grown and, and uh, by leaps and bounds, and it's now well over 200 cars and, and uh, with a fresh field every year uh, with cars from all over the world. Now, they do they um, have, let's say, like a theme car each year? Yes, there are featured marks and uh, uh, or or eras each year, uh, um, and those are plotted out. We'd like to think four or five years in advance, so that people who have cars that would be special for those features have time to do whatever preparation they want to do or do restorations. In fact. Uh, um, this year, um, one of the exciting features um, for those who are into competition cars is uh, the assemblage of of the Ford uh, GT40 uh, race cars, and we have uh, all of the race-winning cars from the 1960s uh, when when Ford swept Le Mans, and, and uh, uh, it's going to be a wonderful display, probably a, a one-of-a-kind assemblage of the cars, and it's heavily supported with a lot of interest by Ford Motor Company, and those cars will be, uh, I think, gosh, 14, 15, 16 of them, all uh, often with racing, significant racing history. Um, every car that placed uh, first, second, or third in, in a race in that era is going to be on the field at Pebble this year. Wow, so it won't be just GT40s and Cobras. It'll be other Ford products that will be out there as well. Well, uh, the, the Ford feature is is the GT40 racers, okay. and uh, we do have a Lincoln trophy each year for the best Lincoln on the field, and, and we enjoy a good relationship with Ford Motor Company and Edsel Ford in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we also have a feature this year of uh, Bizzarini automobiles, uh, Italian super luxury cars, um, we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the firm Deep BMW, so we have a nice collection of pre-war 328 and such and post-war 507s and other exotic uh, BMWs, a couple of their art cars, and a class of uh, BMW motorcycles. And they actually built motorcycles prior to building automobiles, and we have some of the early uh, BMW motorcycles there. Then we have a, a featured mark, which is Delahaye, the French uh, uh, luxury car, and, and uh, 
we're really thrilled at and I, I don't like to sound like all superlatives, but we have the biggest gathering of Paris salon show cars um you know, from the Delahaye ranks I think probably ever assembled. Uh, and they're these elaborate swoopy designs, Fagoni and Falashi and other coach builders. Uh and that's gonna be a beautiful display. Um, some really significant cars and once again probably the largest gathering of those Paris show cars uh, um, ever because um, they are from various years uh, while those shows were, were sort of the mecca of, of uh, the, the designers You mentioned uh, obviously the Delahaye, now the Delage and the Talbots, they were also very high end French built cars. They were, and and uh, they often uh, shared coach builders. Okay. Uh, in fact, we're doing a feature this year as kind of an adjunct uh, of Chaperon uh, Coachwork, which was a, f- a high end French coach builder. And so we will have Delage and I think Talbot, uh, uh, as well as as Chaperon uh, Body Delahaye's, and uh, I think a couple of. Bentleys and Rolls Royces, and, and an interesting coach builder, and very high quality, beautiful stuff. Now, is it? Am I pronouncing this right? Sauché? Well, that was a French coach builder as well, wasn't it? Sauchique. Sauchique. Yes. Um, and we featured those, gosh, a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and uh, they were very, very uh, stylish, high style cars, beautiful, beautiful coach work. Now, is a Isotto Francini, is that Italian or is that French also? That's that's an Italian, that's Italian. luxury car. It okay. was, some people called it the Rolls-Royce of Italy. Other people said Rolls-Royce was the Isotto of, uh, of uh, England. But uh, incredible cars. And actually, um, get your Isotos out. We're featuring those next year. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, those are incredible machines. Um, and... Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And and actually, last year, the Best of Show winner at Pebble Beach was a uh, a Swiss body DeSoto Fraschini. Interesting. Beautiful car. So t- take us through the process a little bit. How do you, do you get together with the committee? Do the judges determine this? Who determines which cars will be featured, which marks, and yeah. and and so forth? Yeah, we have a... Uh, uh, we have a selection committee of, I think there are 17 of us, uh, which includes Chairman Sandra Button and and uh, and a group of us who've been around the event for a long time and and who have areas of expertise within uh, the various facets of the hobby. Obviously, I like uh, American and European classics, so that's my forte. People who are more into the um, the post-war sports and and exotics, Ferraris, Rolls Royces, and so forth. So. Um, the 17 of us uh, work with the chairman to plan the features and also to vet the probably a thousand entries that are submitted each year to choose the 210 or 215 cars that actually make it onto the field. Interesting. And yeah, it's a fun process um, because we get some incredible cars that, that, uh, are offered to the show. We, you know, if we, we we wish we had space for every car that was offered because there's some wonderful stuff there. In recent years, the survivor class or original unrestored cars have gained in popularity. Do you guys get excited when someone pulls something out of the woodwork and then, you know, oh, re- puts requests? You know, to to me as a hobbyist the, the the thrill of the chase and and opening the barn door or finding something is is incredible and the crowd loves to see the original cars um so that's become a, a very popular portion of the of the show class in the show and and uh gosh when something that's rumored to have been around finally surfaces uh we try and get it on the field and and uh the crowd just loves it Interesting. Now, the process of the judges, in other words, how you get together as a group, take us through that process. And then another question I have, I probably should ask you first, is I think you've always, the cars that have always won historically at Pebble have always been pretty much, I want to say, pre-war era or very early post-war era cars. And I think a few years ago, wasn't a Ferrari 
1955 Ferrari, wasn't that the first year for you had basically like a car that fell in the contemporary category actually yep, yep, win a Pebble? That was the first post-war car to win okay. since sometime in the 1980s, I believe, maybe even earlier than that. And it was an incredible uh, Ferrari. Um, and uh, But you're, you're correct. Typically, it seems that the the winners come out of the... Uh, the uh, the custom coachwork cars from the from the 1930s, which which many feel was really the pinnacle of of uh, coach building um, pre-war, and uh, but you know the times are marching along, and so there's more and more emphasis on on the coach built and exotic cars from the late 40s, from the 50s, from the early 60s. And uh, so you you see more and more of those cars on the show field, more classes uh, that are dealing with those cars. Uh, to answer the question about judging, we, we have two tiers of judging at Pebble Beach. We do technical judging of every car that's entered for competition, divided out amongst somewhere between 28 and 30 categories. And those technical judges uh, are, are charged with picking first, second, and third in each class. And we draw those technical judges essentially from the hobby groups that have expertise around the classes. If we're judging a Rolls-Royce class, we have experts and, and longtime judges who have typically come out of the Rolls-Royce Owners Club judging. The same with Ferrari Club uh, members to judge those classes, classic car club members who are judging uh, uh, the classic cars of the 1930s. So we... We reach out into the facets of the hobby that best know the cars to select the judges. And uh, one of the things I we were talking a little bit off off uh, earlier this afternoon, a little bit, and tell people, uh, you know, share this with them as well. Some um, concours they 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 prefer that the judges do not talk to the owners of the cars, but you actually kind of encourage that and 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 elaborate on that a bit. Yeah, I think uh, that's a real uh, cause for me. Uh, um, because I I grew up in in judgings where we were instructed not to converse with the owners and and uh, and I think uh, that's a big mistake that that the owners are often the most knowledgeable person about the car you're looking at um, and in some cases they have done incredible research and have incredible documentation and many of these cars are one-off or they were prepared for an individual show or they were prepared for in the case of a competition car a particular race and uh, how are we to learn about how this car is presented and how are we to answer questions about the car if we don't interact with the owner and and learn what he knows and let him bring out his materials that authenticate features of the car so I think it's a it's a two-way learning process. The judges learn from the owners. The owners uh, sometimes learn from the judges. But uh, and of course we don't uh, criticize the cars with the owners. You know, you you ask discreet questions. But uh, it's amazing what you can learn. Um, you know, if you see something on a car that you feel is incorrect, you can couch a question to the one owner and you know and say, you know, usually on cars of this type, I've seen an engine painted this color. And could you tell me about yours? And maybe they don't know. Maybe it's wrong. But maybe they do know. And it was a car that was specially prepared as a show car. Or there's some facet of its history that explains what's going on. And if we don't learn that, we can't judge the car properly. You're absolutely correct. Now, we've got about three minutes left. So let's talk a little bit about your class, what you like. Tell us about some of the very unusual cars uh, like I said, we've got a few minutes left, so tell us about something that you really like, a car that uh, sticks out in your mind. Well, you know, you mentioned DeSoto Fraschini uh, earlier. Uh, I suppose if, if uh, I won the lottery tomorrow, uh, I'd be heading to uh, the Asada Fraschini dealer, which there isn't, of course, one. <laughs> but um, uh, the, to me, the, the coach belt cars of the 20s and 30s, the craftsmanship that went into the chassis, and and they were all then custom uh, fitted with a with custom coachwork, but the chassis and the engines and the detailing and the engineering um, are just fascinating to me. And and that the late twenties and the thirties were such an evolutionary era, and um, uh, those cars just invigorate me. Uh, 
I'm really looking forward to next year when we're going to feature a Sada Fruschini so that we can get a, a, a really big and impressive group of those cars together. Well, like, um, for example, let's say like someone like Clark Gable, who was kind of like the Jay Leno of the period, you know, a lot of his cars that he had, his Cadillacs, his Duesenbergs and stuff, yes. they were custom-built cars for him. Yes, in in many cases. And, and uh, Southern California was a remarkable place for custom coach work, and there were coach builders there taking advantage of it. Um, the Mer Walter Murphy Company, Bowman & Schwartz, um, who um, did a great deal of work. And, and it was important to the... Uh, the stars and the movie moguls and so forth that they have an individual car uh, uh, something that uh, uh, befitted their celebrity status if you want to say um, so that's a fun part of the hobby uh, uh, we've got a car in the field this year a Cadillac 16 Fleetwood a very special limousine uh, that was uh, belonged to Eddie Mannix who was the general manager at um, um, what was he MGM and uh, I saw that car when Mrs. Mannix still owned it in the 1960s. Just one of just one of all those cars I should have robbed a bank and bought back <laughs> when I could have. So, but uh, it's a great era. I love those cars. Excellent. Well, Chris, I want to thank you very much for sharing some stories with us and telling us a little bit about Pebble Beach. I look forward to meeting you there. Um, hopefully, if everything goes right, I should be there um, for the. Uh, for the concourse on the Ave, which is Doug Friedman's uh, event, uh -huh. and then yeah. oh yeah, real quick, real quick, we got uh, in, in twenty seconds. Tell us about the drive, the Thursday afternoon deal. Oh, that is a really fun part of it. About seventy-five percent of the two hundred and ten entries sign up to take the drive, which goes from Carmel down Historic Highway One to Big Sur and back, and then goes into the little village of Carmel for a luncheon in their park. And it's really fun to see the cars out and working. And it's, it, for some of the entrants, it's their most fun day because there's no competitive pressure that day. There's a pressure to make sure your car keeps running. But it's, it's where you get to drive your car and where you get to see the cars in motion. And people line the highway to watch the cars go by. That's an incredible event. I look forward That's to that. That's on Thursday. That's on Thursday. Sunday Concord. Exactly, from uh, 12 to 2.30. Yeah, it's... It's worth, worth. That's it's yeah. It's it's an extraordinary experience. All right, Chris. I want to thank you very much again for coming on uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening, and I want to thank my special guest this evening, Chris Bach, Chief Judge at Pebble Beach. If you guys get a chance, check out Monterey Car Week, the website dot com. All right, Chris. You take care. I'll see you there uh, in a couple of three weeks. In the thank meantime, you, Michael, I, want to... I look forward to it. Okay, very good. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to tune in every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most legendary fascinating names in motorsports. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your families. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.